drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. It is picked up by the line, coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30, it's at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo, touchdown to Torbeyer, Marvin Jones. Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown Detroit Lions! Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. What is going on everybody? This is your boy Oakry, at Derek Oakry on Twitter. I'm coming to you on, you guys are probably hearing this either on Friday or on Saturday, maybe even Sunday morning, depends on when this gets out, when you're listening, but I I had to take a break here. I know we normally drop shows on Wednesday morning, Friday morning, me and at Grifka DKC are one of the most consistent, if not the most consistent Detroit Lions podcasts out there. We're always bringing you content. This week I said, I've had enough, I can't deal with it, and what could I not deal with? I couldn't deal with the way the Detroit Lions played in Minnesota against the Vikings. That that frustrated me beyond belief. I also can't deal with at Grifka DKC. I can't deal with the waffle maker. I can't deal with Grifka after multiple losses like this because I know he's just going to come on here and be Eeyore and say, I told you so, and tell me about how he's seen this for years and years. I couldn't do it early on this week. I told the people I had to boycott based on the Lions performance, based on Grifka making me more upset, and also all the people out there. That just want to rag on this football team. It's like I I can't get my head around it. It's like if you live in Michigan, if you live in Detroit, you should support the Lions. You should love the Lions. You should, uh, you know, want them to win. You should, you know, be frustrated and upset when they lose. You know what I mean? That's just what you do with your sports teams. Yet here, there is a certain segment, a loud minority. I hope it seems like it's becoming a majority that loves to just rag on the Lions 24-7. They take joy in their losses, just like Grifka does sometimes. He won't tell you he does, but he comes on here and laughs it up or wants to, woe is me, and then he's going to tell you how they're never good, why they'll never be good. And, you know, there's so many other people that do that, and I just can't understand it, you know? Got in an argument with my buddy Chops recently about why, why would you want to just be negative about the team all day? Like, I understand they haven't won in 50 years. I understand the records haven't been good. I understand that Matt Patricia has not been a good head coach and they have not put a good defense or even a good product on the field the last two to three years. I get it. But why would I want to wake up and just rag on them all day? Why would I want to just wake up and be negative just for the sake of being negative or be happy when they're getting ran off the field by Dalvin Cook, or be happy when when they're not doing well because you think you're going to get a new regime and a new quarterback or whatever it may be. You shouldn't be happy about that. Now, you can be frustrated. You can come on here like I'm about to do and go crazy for 30 minutes to an hour about why this team is frustrating, why I've reached my breaking point, why I'm ready to admit to you 
that Matt Patricia, Bob Quinn, the scheme, and possibly even this quarterback aren't going to work in Detroit and changes need to be made? You could do that. But don't give me this glee in, in the fact that we're losing. Don't go on Twitter and rag on the team but say, oh, I love the Lions, though. No, you don't. If you love the Lions, you're pissed right now because of the way they're playing. You're frustrated based on the losses. And when they win, you should be excited. I don't care who they play. I don't care how they got it done. You get W's. You should be fired up about that. So that that's my intro to the show. I couldn't deal with Griff Guy. He was just so frustrated by that football game on top of that Colts loss. I just needed a break. We've done shows twice a week, every week, for probably two and a half, three years, however long it's been. We barely never miss a show. You go back in the archives, you can hear me doing a show basically on my deathbed. I was so sick. You hear us doing shows in the off-season on all types of topics. You see me showing up every week, twice a week, knowing that the Eeyore, the Waffle Maker, the other part of this show, Grifka, at Grifka DKC, is going to ask me some stupid question from Lions 24-7. He's going to try to get me all riled up. He's going to tell me how PFF doesn't count. We're going to get into that later on the show, where I'm going to break down some PFF grades and tell you who's playing well, who isn't, by people that actually watch every play of every game, unlike the CEO and player personnel director for Lazy Boy Scouting, my buddy at Grifka DKC on Twitter. We'll get into that. But but I just can't deal with it. I couldn't deal with it. So I'm here later in the week doing what I do, being the workhorse of the show, busting out content, because I know you guys want to hear Lions content. You want to be entertained. Grifka couldn't bother himself to do another show when I told him I just needed a, a break. He couldn't knock out a 30-minute show talking about interior offensive linemen or what else he'd like to talk about, like the 1950s, 1970s football, whatever he would usually break down on a solo show. He couldn't do that for me. So I'm here later in the week giving you guys Lions content, trying to entertain you, and trying to serve up that Detroit Kool-Aid, which I'm going to do at the back half of the show. So stay tuned, because I may be fired up and frustrated now, but by the end of the show... I'm going to get you guys hype on why to be excited about this Washington game, some things to be excited about both now and in the future, and how to get this football team turned around and and headed in the right direction. So let's just get right into it. I got a little, uh, blew off a little steam there in the intro, but I'm about to get real hot right now because I'm about to go through some of my frustrations with this football team. My first big frustration with the team basically has nothing to do with X's and O's or on the football field. It has to do with effort. I'm not seeing effort on Sundays. I'm not seeing good quality hustle from the Detroit Lions. I'm seeing a bunch of people that are probably going to tell you they're trying to do their job. They're trying to, you know, do their 111. They're trying to stay in their lanes, their gaps, whatever they're trying to tell you. I don't see people hustling the ball. I don't see people trying to get after other people. I don't see them hooting and hollering like I see other teams. They do not look like other NFL teams that I watch on a weekly basis in the National Football League. And there's no talent. There's no scheme. There's no work, basically, that it takes to show effort, to play hard, to look like you're trying your best out there. And I don't see that. I don't see that from this team. People out there can hate on me and say, how could you say that? Or how could you question players' effort, this, that, and the other? I'm just using my two eyes. And I don't see people 
um, running as hard as they can when you're having five-yard crossing routes right across your face. I'm not seeing people go after the ball carrier very hard. They're just sort of coming in there with ease or staying outside so they don't have to get get uh, you know physical and make a tackle. I'm seeing people not try to get after the football either in the air or when a guy has it in his hands trying to get it out. I see a lot of lackluster effort from the Detroit Lions up and down the roster. You know what other thing that frustrates me and has got me real hot here on a late in the week here before this Washington game? Jamie Collins. Jamie Collins is a guy who, oh, he knows the Patriots scheme. Oh, he's a freak athlete. Oh, he can do somersaults. All I see from Jamie Collins is a couple plays here or there. The rest of the time, I see him loafing around. I see him just letting guys catch the ball, poor tackling. I see... I just don't see it from this guy whatsoever. Like, I don't know if there's an out in his contract, but I'm done with this guy. I don't care if he makes a couple more turnovers, a couple more plays this year. He's not solid enough in the middle of my defense or wherever they're playing him all over the football field to to play for my Detroit Lions. So I, I want to see Jamie Collins off this team sooner than later. He, he may have a decent PFF grade, which we'll get to later, but overall, I just see too many big mistakes. He cost us in that Vikings game by letting Dalvin Cook get out the gate twice, one before the half, which absolutely was inexcusable. And again, go back and watch it. Tell me he's hustling. Tell me he's showing effort. You want to talk about his athleticism, his speed, whatever? I don't see any of it. I see a a guy going 50% at best or a guy that's not showing any of this athleticism because he's letting other guys out-quick him, out-physical him, everything. I mean, gosh, I'm just so done with the way Jamie Collins plays football. He's probably better than what we have anywhere else at linebacker, and that's a problem too because when this guy's loafing around, not playing hard, missing tackles, there's nobody else to put in because everybody else is worse basically than this guy. So it's the best we got right now. But Jamie Collins, prove me wrong in this next game and actually just play very solid, consistent, good football. I don't need to see any splash plays. I don't need you to get your hands on the football like you always say that you want to get your turnovers. Just just cover the guy when he's in your area. I don't know, make a tackle instead of let him get past you for an extra 30 yards. How about that? Let's start there. <sighs> All right, next frustration. Next thing that's got me fired up, my next rant. It's got to be on this scheme, this Matt Patricia scheme. We hear all about it. We, You know, I tried to defend a Grifka. This thing's won Super Bowls, and Matt Patricia was integral in, in Bill Belichick's scheme. And, you know, he tries to tell me, oh, no, he's just sitting there dozing off in the corner for whatever it was, 10 years with the Patriots. He didn't do anything. I'm here to tell you, like, this scheme is either past its day, like the Tampa 2 and, like, you know, the all these other ridiculous, the wide nine from Jimmy Shaw, all these defenses, maybe it's just past its due because it does not work. I see a bunch of guys out there overthinking it. I see people that can't just man up and cover. They're just in a random spot on the field. I saw I saw Desmond Trufant, who's a wily vet, just running wide left, kind of 10 yards behind Dalvin Cook when he broke out that run when they had 10 men on the field. He did not try to veer over and get closer to him. He did not try to speed up and make a tackle. He just took a leisurely jog down the football field at the far left hash. And Dalvin Cook was running up the numbers. Like, I don't know what he's doing. Like, if he's, he, hey, hey, Desmond, hey, True. 
it's true that you don't got to keep your outside contained when the man's running up this numbers for a touchdown for 70 yards. You might want to try to veer in and get after him or grab a leg or something. Oh my goodness. Unbelievable. It's just the scheme. Like I said, the, the reason it doesn't work and the, and the reason I've, I've, I've turned the tables that I'm basically done with Matt Patricia, this scheme, this whole, we're going to turn the lions into the Patriots is because all I see from this scheme like I say, when I hear Matt Patricia talk to, he just he's making things overly complicated or I think he complicates it for his players where he just gives you 18 million things to think about rather than, hey, you see that man across from you? How about you physical him up at the at the line? If you can't do that, we'll, we'll let you play off, you know, and play some zone. When the ball's in your area, either try to make a play on the ball or at least be solid in tackling. Guys up front, you know, either hold your gap if that's your responsibility or get after the quarterback. And when you get your hands on a man, how about we try to get the ball out? When a ball's in the air, how about we try to go get it rather than just let the guy catch it and then make a tackle 12 yards down the football field? Like, you know, I know that's oversimplifying it, but I just think you hear Matt Patricia in his press conferences and the guy's over here saying, they'll ask him about something so simple. I'm trying to think what they asked him. Oh, they asked him about motion the other day. I was listening to one of his pressers. You know, one of the great Detroit Lions media members who, like, I swear, there's a couple of you guys that are good out there, you know, a small handful. And there's a bunch of these questions that I just can't understand how they get asked by guys that get paid to do this all day, every day. I mean, Eric Schlitt, USA Today Lions Wire out there bumping out tons of content for you guys. 20 Men always has good questions. You know, a few other guys out there that I don't even know their names necessarily unless I heard them just a moment ago. But they, they come up with some decent stuff. But you know who, you know who I'm talking about out there. Same old garbage questions, the same old whatever. Thanks, man. And, and then their questions like, who says that? You're, you're a professional media member, yet you end every question with, thanks, man. And they try to be these guys' buddies. I don't get Let me get back to my point. So somebody asked Matt Patricia about motion. Matt Patricia went in this ridiculous 10-minute soliloquy about... You know, sometimes it's one man, sometimes it's two men, sometimes they bring back, sometimes they go forward. And I'm sitting there listening to him at the end. I'm going, you just made a motion by opposing offense sound like the most complicated, ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. Yet you didn't say anything. (laughs) You just told me that sometimes they won't put one man in motion. Sometimes they'll put two men in motion. Sometimes they'll they'll motion them back and forth. Sometimes the back will then go out of that. This is all common sense knowledge about the sense, about the aspect of motion in the game of football. Yet you're rambling through it like it's like it's microscience or like you're splitting the atom. I mean, I just listen to him. I'm like, what a ridiculous answer from this guy. Just uh, again, people will say the word salad, the stuff that he just, you know, he's out there filibustering. Like, that's what it felt like. I feel like he probably does that to his players. The players are like, huh? What? Or, or they look at him and say, you, you wasted five minutes of my time to tell me something that simple? Like, come on, man. Like, so I think he's an intelligent guy overall. But I think he's either making the game of football too hard or he just overthinks everything. I don't know what the issue is with this guy. But his answers in the media as well as probably in the meeting rooms to his players just make no sense to me and probably just make the game of football just a bear to deal with. So his scheme has got to go. The, the the reason I flipped the script here in the last few weeks where I was just like, oh, wait it out. Maybe you come to get me. You know, we just hope, hope, hope. The reason is I'm not hoping anymore is I've seen the same thing for three years. Injuries or not. I've seen poor coverage. 
Swiss cheese defense, poor tackling, lack of effort, lack of hustle. You know, we had that one uh, sprint in like 2018 where we played really good football on defense and we're top 10. Other than that, it's been two and a half years, year and a half, however long it's been. I have not seen it. I don't think I'm going to see it. I can't imagine it coming together, especially to my next frustration, which is can can you play decent against a decent to mid to low to good team in this league? I mean, I'm not one to say, oh, we beat them, but, 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 but it was a poor, but no, I, I take wins as they come, but I do get frustrated when you beat the low level teams, you show up on defense against teams that don't have a quarterback, blah, blah, blah. You play a team that's like middle of the road or gosh, the Vikings were two and what, five, two and six, whatever they were. And, and you just got worked all game. Dalvin, Kirk Cousins, who Grifka says is, um, he's not that great. Well, he looked pretty great against the Lions because every time he went back and threw play action, he was putting balls in, in small holes and dropping dimes on us. And this guy's not even a very good quarterback, as Grifka often says. So it's like, you know, it's just a bunch of, uh, it just, just reminds me, man, that, you know, the scheme's off. You can't beat good teams. This has been consistent not only with the Lions, but people want to put it on Matt Stafford, and I'm not opposed to it. When's the guy really manned up, played an absolute phenomenal elite game, and, and beat a top team for the Lions, either in prime time or on Sunday at 1 p.m. or on Thanksgiving or whatever it may be? Anytime a middle-of-the-road team shows up that's playing halfway decent, or they just beat us up, and we get a team that's all beat up or doesn't have a quarterback or doesn't have a good record, take care of business. Like, that's not that's not good football. So, you know, those are a couple things that I've just flipped on. Again, I've hit on it a lot, the tackling. Are you kidding me with the tackling? I mean, I see guys, you have four or five bodies in there to make a tackle. They all slipping off like the guy's got Crisco on him, like... This is just embarrassing to watch, seriously, because I can watch almost any other game. It takes one or two men to come up and make a good form tackle. Every once in a while, I see the Lions drop a bomb on someone. I want to say my guy, Austin Bryant, laid somebody out. Or you'll see a few plays from, you know, Okuda, Harmon, whoever, that might make a good smack on somebody. Even Jamie Collins, who I like to beat up. Every once in a while, he'll make a big hit. Deshaun Hand blew up somebody in the backfield either a game or two ago. That was awesome. But other than that, man, you see people not only just waltzing through the defense, but when they get to contact... I mean, they're just walking through contact. Matt Patricia act like he was so amazed. Oh, Dalvin Cook. You know, I was so surprised and impressed by his after-contact ability. Well, you know why it was so good? Because nobody was making contact till 8, 10 yards down the field. And when they did, your guys got butter sticks on their hands and, and making this guy look like the most slippery player in the game. I mean, just sliding off, grabbing legs, missing legs. Like, it's embarrassing. It's absolutely embarrassing to watch. I know... You know, when I take my break here in a few minutes, you're going to hear a promo from my other podcast, Believe, B-L-E-A-V, and Lions with Benny Blades. And Benny Blades, he's not having this, man. Every week he comes on, and he's just like, this game has changed, you know. Everybody's so weak, they can't tackle. They don't get up in somebody's face. He's calling for somebody to take a 15. Somebody take a 15, please, and get a penalty to show that we're not going to get walked over today. We're not going to just be wimps of the NFL. 
I'm right with him on all that. So, you know, hear more about that in a bit. But let, let's keep going with a couple more of my frustrations. Then we'll break over to PFF grades, and then I'm going to get you some Detroit Kool-Aid on the back end, get you hyped, tell you why it's going to be all right, despite all my rants and frustrations here off the top. The next issue I got is with coverage and overall creating of turnovers. The Lions' coverage is horrible. I I don't know what they're doing. There's guys running wide open all over the football field. Every time a ball is in the air, I'm just ready for it to be caught and nobody within the screen, you know, within two to three yards of the guy. You know, it's just... It's absolutely embarrassing. Like they have a stat, you know, they track on PFF where when a guy makes a catch, you know, there's a couple different ratings, you know, of how close the guy was when the ball left the quarterback's hand or when he made the catch. The one I would use for the Detroit Lions all the time is wide open. (laughs) That means there's nobody within two to three yards of the of the receiver, either when it leaves his hands or when the catch is made. And I think both are true. For all the passes that are caught on the Lions, I don't understand what they're doing. It's it's not even zone. It's just play behind the man and then see if you can get him to the ground after. That that's the philosophy, I guess. And that what that leads to is like no turnovers. Like we we don't make any interceptions. We don't get any tip passes. No plays on the football. How many fumbles we have this year created? Maybe a couple. You know, if that, like, I think one game we had two to three turnovers, we won. Another game we had a couple turnovers, we won. The rest of the games, I bet you we have zero turnovers. The last couple games, three punt blocks. I mean, I'll take that. That's something. That's that's uh, the the new coach, Coombs, uh, drawing some stuff up in the dirt that works, that actually gets the football off the other team and gets us short fields, and we still can't capitalize. Matt Stafford still can't throw touchdowns on a short field and get us in the end zone. We're blocking three kicks in two weeks. That's unheard of, but at least it's turnovers. Even if it, if, if the defense can't do it and the offense can give it to the other team all the time, at least special teams, which I go nuts on on this show all the time and talk about how it's not as important as everybody wants you to think it to be well it is important if you're going to get turnovers like that that's incredible I mean you're not going to keep up that pace but at least it's a freaking turnover that's a nice thing to see (sighs) all right a couple more the other frustration rant I want to go on is the Detroit Lions again with these injuries Every single year with these injuries I mean oh my goodness every year we're the most beat up team it feels like One week we'll be totally healthy. Next week, 15 guys on the injury report. Oh, man, you know, we can't get injuries like we just got to Tony McRae and others all the time. It's got to be Kenny, Matt Stafford, Okuda, you know, Trey Like Just take our top players. You might as well just put them on the IR midseason. It seems to happen every year. Now we got Hawkinson with the toe injury. I mean, I swear if Swift goes down, I mean, it's just ridiculous. But why the Lions always have these injuries? Is it your training? Is it, what is it? Because it can't happen every year all all the time. Like the team that wins usually in the NFL is the most healthy at the end or the team that can sustain injuries. You guys see my fantasy football articles all the time on USA Today, Lions Wire. And normally I'm putting something in there every week about Hey, keep your eye on your injuries. Hey, fantasy football, as much as it is drafting and putting the right lineup in, a lot of times it's managing 
the injuries, managing, figuring out who's going to be in, who's going to be out, uh, for how long. You got to be a basically a medical professional nowadays to to either play in the NFL, be a GM coach, or be a fantasy football player because it's basically 16 to 17 weeks of how do we not get injured? How do we deal with the injuries that we do have? How quickly can we get people back? And who goes down and who doesn't? Because if your top few people go down, you're done. And I feel like the Lions are dealing with ridiculous injuries again. To not have your top receiver, to not have your top defensive end. I mean, to have your rookie corner up and down with injuries. Uh, you know, it's just... It's just if you're if you're tight end and if you get a running back injury, you just can't compete in this league. So it's just a big frustration for me is continuing to see these injuries up and down their roster. I just I hate to see it. My final frustration, I saved this one for last and this this might get a few of you hot and that's OK, because I've reached a point where you guys have heard some of my rant and raving about number nine, Matt Stafford. So he's he's my last frustration I want to bring up here because. I'm going to I'm going to tip ahead. I'm about to give you guys some PFF grades. Let me look at Matt Stafford. He's 28th out of 36 qualifying quarterbacks. 28th. This guy makes 30 some million dollars. This guy has the golden arm. This guy's supposed to be our leader, our best football player. Matt Stafford hasn't played good enough this year for this team. He hasn't played good enough you know in the tenure he's been here to warrant Not only the type of contracts, but the type of just freedom he's been given to just always be the starter, never have anybody compete with him, you know, go out there and play ho-hum football. Like, trust me, those first five years, wow, he's exciting to watch. You know, the the five after that, eh, you're about ready to run him out of town. Then he had a couple good years. Now he's had a couple hmm, years again. And here we are sitting talking about this again. The guy can throw the football like none other. He's right up there with Pat Mahomes and other people. But to just make the two interceptions he had last week, oh, he was quarantined, oh, he's missing his family. Come on, man. Just make plays. I, I don't want to hear this anymore. I don't want to hear you say, oh, I got I to gotta do better. I can't do that. I want it back. Like, just freaking come out and make good throws and, and help us win ball games. And, yeah, did you go, like, 12 plus passes in a row with completions. You sure did on like dink and dunk three to seven, eight yard passes. And then when you had to actually shoot one in the end zone on a short field, you turned it over and then you had to throw another one. You threw it right to a linebacker standing right in front of you. This is just over and over again with this guy. So, I mean, I got a bunch of Stafford jerseys. I root for him every week. And I got to the point now where I'm just like, if you don't come out and play great football against Washington, if you don't start putting up those 300, two to three touchdown games consistently, let's go ahead and move on from this guy. Now, like I said, if he comes out and he plays lights out football, leads the team, shows a bunch of moxie, helps us win when we shouldn't, you know what I mean? Come up and beat a team that you weren't supposed to beat thanks to number nine. Hey, the guy's only 32 years old. Maybe he's still got something, but you have a few more of these games where you just turn it over. You look like you don't care. You're out there going through the motions. You're you're doing the same boring press conference you do every week. Yeah, I've reached a point with Matt Stafford, too, just like I have with Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn. I've basically seen enough. I basically know what you are, and I'm basically ready to move on, even though I'm still going to root on this team and hope that you guys do well, but... 
I feel like I know what you are. I feel like I know what I'm going to get. And I can't see you automatically just reverting back to 2012, throwing up the crazy stat you did or, you know, Matt Patricia's defense all of a sudden playing lights out and being something to be proud of or Bob Quinn, you know, not missing on, you know, the the biggest pick that pisses me off with Bob Quinn is Johnny Tavai. I'll get to him too in a minute as well. High second round pick that was way off the radar that just cannot play football. Somebody described him on Twitter as an elephant on roller skates. And he just feels like a guy that's just, he's out there trying to do his role and he's always in the wrong position. He can't make any tackles. He looks like a clumsy bum out there. And we used a high resource on this guy. It's just embarrassing. It needs to change now. Get him off the field. Get him off the team. Whatever you got to do. Just ridiculous. Seen enough out of these out of these guys. So, all right, man. Let's um let's go ahead and take a break. I'm gonna get a sponsor in here. You guys are gonna hit a quick ad. I just did a quick ad about Believe in Lions with me and Benny Blades. You hear about that? I know some of you have checked that out. Really enjoy the show. Been supporting it. Others of you. Um, don't hear it sometimes we mention it quickly here on the show but it's b-l-e-a-v and lions with me and lions legendary safety benny blades really fun show love doing it comes out thursday mornings and it's uh, been growing every week so it's really been a, a good time and and it's really fun to talk to benny each week so listen to this quick ad about that and when i come back i'll talk about pff and i'll serve up that detroit kool-aid because you know what i'm now that i've fr- like all these frustrations i've vented i've ranted and raved now it's time to do what you guys love on the show and that's this drink it in man. everybody will take quick break we'll come back serve up that Detroit Kool-Aid. What's going on, everybody? This is your host, Derek Oakry of the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, and this is normally where I tell you about some of our great sponsors, but today I want to tell you about my other Lions podcast. It's called Believe in Lions, and that's spelled B-L-E-A-V on the Believe Podcasting Network with both myself and Lions legendary safety Benny Blades. Yeah, you know who he is. The hard-hitting safety Benny Blades played for the Lions. He also played for the U. You know what it is. The University of Miami, those Miami Hurricanes. He mentions it multiple times on the show. Benny loves to talk about his Hurricanes, his Lions, and I love to play this soundbite on the show. We have a ton of fun on that show. We laugh, we joke, we talk Lions. Like I said, he brings up the Hurricanes. I talk about my Michigan Wolverines. Um, it's it's a really fun show. Benny loves the Lions. He tells great stories from his playing days, as well as uh, we're just rooting on this team. We B-L-E-A-V in the Lions. So please go ahead, find it on your favorite podcast platform. Hit that subscribe button and check it out. Share it with a friend. We really appreciate it. So check out Believe. B-L-E-A-V in lines with myself and Benny Blades. Thank you guys so much. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. 
What's going on, everybody? We're back from the break. Thank you so much for listening to that uh, unique sponsor this week. We kind of uh, retooling some of our ads and sponsors, and I just thought, man, let me just put one up about Believe in Lions with Benny Blades. Get some more promo about that, and make sure you guys know where to find that, and you can go hit that subscribe button, no doubt about it. Definitely check us out. You know, we'll be back. Me and Grifka will be back next week, twice a week, talking Lions here on the show, as well as we'll have Logan Lamarandier from Sports Illustrated All Lions coming up. Lots of good content for you. I just, like I said, frustrating week, frustrated with the team. But uh, let me go ahead and get you a breakdown of some of these PFF grades, and then I'll get into serving up that Kool-Aid about uh, Washington, as well as, you know, just where this team is headed. So let, let's let's do what I like to do on the show. Let's start with the positive. Let's talk about the positive here. Let's talk about um, guys that are playing well. On PFF, you know, you know, at Grifka DKC, my partner would say, hey, let's talk about the guys that are horrible. No, but we'll get to those guys. Let's let's talk about the guys that are playing well, that have good ratings. And again, I know there's some of you out there that probably don't believe in PFF. You don't put as much stock into it. Hey, I'm here to tell you, I, I do work for these guys. And it's pretty incredible when you see the insides of all the different things these guys um, track, you know, rate pay attention to during the games of football i'm still learning my my way up the ranks there at pff i'm also doing some video content for them which is really fun for me but i put a lot of stock into them because i see the work that gets done and i also see the attention to detail that they are tracking on every play of every game across the board and that's really impressive so let's go with the positives here frank ragnow he's two um the number two center um, by PFF out of 38 qualified centers. That, that's that's really top quality. He's really turned into a great football player in the middle of the offensive line there, and you just never even think about him on Sundays in there doing what he needs to do, which is great. Uh, TJ Hawkinson is the fifth tight end based on PFF rankings out of 67. So uh, Hawkinson's really showed an ability this year to catch the football really well. They've used him more in the red zone, which is great. I love to see him get used between the 20s as well. Some of those over-under routes, some of the things that you like to see, that would be um, a nice improvement. But his stats are good. He's getting good ratings. You know, I, I still would like to see him be a little bit more of a beast in the blocking game at times, but he he's also done better there now that he's bulked up. So TJ Hawkinson is one playing good football. Grifka's favorite player, the guy that he rags on, the Grifka that wants to say, oh, he's 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 average at best. He's he's Jeff Backus Jr. Okay, well, Grifka, you can say that every week, and you can come on here and just say, well, I decided months ago that he's uh not that great. But here's Taylor Decker again, the eighth left tackle out of 75 qualifying tackles. Or I don't know if that's offensive or it's it's got to be offensive tackle. So right and left. I mean, he's number eight. What do you want from the guy? He got paid. He takes his job seriously. He's over there, you know, being much better than the average that you give him credit for. I don't even ever, ever recognize him on Sundays except for that one play every blue moon when he gets blown up or he gets pushed back. And that's the one you circle in red pen. I mean, other than that, Taylor Decker's been great. And he signed and I'm glad to have him here. Kenny Galladay, the guy that's looking for that money. Uh, he hasn't played enough this year for our liking, but when he has been out there, I mean, Kenny ranks 12 out of 116 when it comes to wide receivers. Every game he's played, he's been great. All the games he's been out, 
It's really hurt the Lions. So let's not get it twisted. Daron Harmon. I was surprised to see this one because Daron Harmon, I, I, I wrote an article for USA Today Lions Wire saying he was like Glover Quinn to me when Glover Quinn came in here and had a couple great years for the Lions and was a stand-up guy and made turnovers and made plays. Daron Harmon's got his hands on a few footballs this year, which has been good to see. And, you know, at times he, he comes up in tackles. Other times I've seen him miss tackles, but he's four out of 88 when it comes to safeties. So a really nice rating for Daron Harmon there. I was surprised to see him that high, but, uh, you know, that, that was big time. Oh, hey, look at what we have here. Good old Jared Davis, one of Grifka's favorites again. I'm sorry he couldn't be here to just blow this guy up and tell you how terrible he is and tell you how much weights he lifts and that but that doesn't matter and blah, 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 blah. Jared Davis, 7 out of 86. Now, I've come around that Jared Davis isn't going to be you no know, pro bowler. Jared Davis isn't going to win you football games. But when he is out there with whatever role he's given, he, he's done fine. You don't see him missing gaps. You don't see him, you know, just fumbling around like he used to. And here, let me let me do Grifka's part. That's because he's not out there very much anymore. They pulled him off the field. Yeah, I get it. He doesn't play. He's not our starting middle linebacker, the quarterback of our defense anymore. I'm trying to say when he's out there, he's grading well on PFF's grades, which I trust much more than Grifka and his lazy boy. 7 out of 86 isn't bad for a guy that has a role and is, is trying to be a team player. He's also on special teams now making a few plays. So, hey, I'll take that good rating, and I just wanted to shove it in Grifka's face. So that's why I put him on here. And Trey Flowers, again, injured. People will say, oh, he doesn't make many plays, or oh, look at his... um. You know, just look at his sack numbers, whatever it may be. Trey Flowers, 8 out of 107 when it comes to rush ends. Now, I hate that he's out another two-plus weeks. I hate that you don't get some of the, the splash plays you do from other defensive ends. But, hey, 8 out of 107. He's doing his job. He's hustling. He's a really hard worker. He's a big, nasty player that sets the edge and can can move inside. He does a lot of good things for the Lions. So make sure that we know Trey Flowers is grading out well also. All right, let's um let's turn our attention to the guys that are kind of in the middle or guys that were interesting to me. So we got the outlaw, Jesse James, the guy that I come on here week after week and say, what a piece of garbage this guy is. He makes like seven, eight million bucks. I haven't seen him make a good play since he put on the uniform. Whenever he does make a catch, it looks like he's so afraid that someone's going to come tackle him. He's got like right away, he puts the stiff arm up. He's He looks like he's running in molasses. Like Jesse James is horrible, but somehow PFF has him 34 out of 67. So in the middle of tight ends. That, that must be a typo, because Jesse James is not good at football. So that was one of the surprising, but a middle-of-the-road guy. Um, you know, Jonah Jackson, the offensive guard that's getting a lot of credit this year of just being, you know, absolute stud from day one coming in there. I mean, he's 44 out of 78 when it comes to guard. So, like, to me, Jonah Jackson is you know, been good for the Lions because he came right in there and filled a hole, but he's not some dominant guard where he's up in the top 20 or, you know, top 15 or anything. He's he's right in the middle of the road there, but I still think he's a plus player. I think that he's going to just get better and, and you know, he's a needed interior offensive lineman, but he, he, he ain't that great <laughs> to steal a phrase. Um, Hal Vitae, a guy that we crush normally on this show and that I 
tried to stick up for for a little while and then I watched him play football and I was like, ah, yeah, he, he he's not good. He, he can't play. Um, Hal Vitae is 34 and 78. So again, right in the middle of the pack. I mean, he seems wimpy with these injuries. You know, when they put him out on the right tackle, he reminds me of some of the other turnstiles that we've had out there. So I'm not a fan, but again, PFF's got him in the middle. I'm going to, I'm going to tip my cap to them. But, you know, over my eye test, you know, I'm, I'm willing to admit that, unlike some on the show. Um, it got A.O. Oh, baby. You know who he is. It's that corner from Penn State. I mean, everybody's giving him a ton of credit. Grifka had the audacity to come on the show and tell me, oh, he's a number one corner, right, Oakry? I mean, he, he's the number one corner for the Lions, right, Oakry? He, he could be a top corner in the league, don't you think? He's 79th out of 117 in regards to corners. I mean, that's that's lower third right there from AO. I mean, I've supported him. I like his game, but I was the guy telling Grifka, like, he's a one right now because True is out. No, Kuda's not playing that good. He's a 3-4 uh, on a good team, you know, or on a, on a good Lions team. And that would be the perfect spot for him. So he's been playing above his grade in some aspects, but... Not overall when you're 79 out of 117. So Reggie Raglan become a, one of my favorite players just because he always beats up on the Detroit Lions media, always has something funny to say, always drops some type of swear word during his press conferences. But uh, I like what he brings to the table. I like his mentality. I also like, you know, that he's getting snaps over other guys recently, but he's only 60 out of 107, you know, when it comes to overall rankings from PFF. So, you know, Reggie, again, middle to bottom of the road. That was a little surprising. I thought he was playing better than that. But, again, he's not a top echelon player. Most people thought he might not even make the roster. But um, he, he's got the type of mentality and the type of, you know, things we look for. It's just does he have enough talent to make the plays? I mean, we'll see. Jamie Collins, the next one on my list. You guys heard my rant and rave about him. I mean, again, for all the plays he's missed and made and, and blah, 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 he's 21 out of 85 when it comes to the linebacker rating they gave him uh, in the league. So, I mean, that's upper upper third, upper quarter. Like, surprising, but hey, you know, prove me wrong there. They, they must see something that he's doing because I just don't see a lot of good plays from him. My guy Deshaun Hand, 36 out of 117. I mean, I feel like Deshaun Hand's come on the last couple games. We've seen some more plays from him, but a lot of times he's just in there sort of, you know, sticky on blocks or trying to hold his gap or whatever he's doing. So 36 out of 117, though, is still pretty good for him. Love to see some more plays as well as just hope that he can come into his own as a football player. Great personality off the field. And then we got Grifka's other favorite, Christian Jones. He always wants to tell me he can't run, he can't do this, he's just horrible, he's a scarecrow, or whatever he calls him. Christian Jones is 43 out of 86 when it comes to linebackers. Every game I watch for the Lions, I'm always like, wow, look at Christian Jones come up and make another tackle. Look at Christian Jones be physical. Look at Christian Jones make a decent play there. That's usually what I'm saying. Not, oh my gosh, Christian Jones totally missed that play. So, I don't know what other people are watching, but he seems like a pretty steady football player to me. Am I putting him in the Hall of Fame? Am I saying he's a pro bowler or an elite talent or a guy with crazy speed? No, I'm not saying any of those things. I'm saying that he's pretty decent most weeks, in my opinion, and that's what his PFF shows. He's right in the middle of the road, and of course we want better than that from our starting outside backer, but it is what it is at this point. 
Let's get to the negatives, everybody. I put him last on my frustrations list, so let's just put him up top here. Matt Stafford, 28 out of 36. That's just absolutely inexcusable. I mean, that has to be coming from the turnovers, lack of explosive plays downfield, the, the way that Matt Stafford will just drop back, and if his first you know, option is covered, you will just see him crumple into a heap of just absolute mess. He just has no... No pocket presence if he doesn't have a clean lane. He Sometimes he'll get out and run a little bit, but most of the time he he tries to run and then decides he's going to get happy feet and he just crumbles in the pocket and gets kneed to the head or whatever he did this last week to put him out of the game. So I'm just sick of seeing that from number nine. Marvin Jones, 86 out of 116. Really poor rating for Marv. You know, I still like the way he competes. I like his catchability, but he just hasn't been there this year. For whatever reason, um, this one shocked me, really. I mean, not that he's lighting the world on fire, especially the last few games, but from what I saw, they had Adrian Peterson, 59 out of 59 when it came to running backs. I mean, I was just like, huh? I mean, he's made some good runs. He had a few good games to start. He's been poor the last couple, but how how is he last? I don't don't understand that one. You got uh, carry on, carry on. Johnson, I think we got a sound drop here somewhere for him, don't we? Good old carry on. Carry on my wayward son. I mean, this guy's 50 out of 59. He's almost 10 spots higher than AP. I mean, okay. I I love some of his blitz pickups, but I don't know what else he's really done much more than that. I mean, really falling off the map, in my opinion, is good old carry on Johnson. Jeff Okuda, I mean, here you go for all the people that hate him or say he's a bust or say they should have taken somebody else here in hindsight. 110 out of 117. I mean, that's just, that's just, that can't be. That's got to get way, way better real quick. Tracy Walker, my guy, thought he was going to come on the scene, thought he had pro, pro Bowl abilities. 76 out of 88. That's, that's just inexcusable as well. Tracy Walker, you'll see him a lot of times on the field, either not looking he looks a little confused or he's kind of when he gets manned up against somebody i've seen him get kind of diced in in route running at times his tackling sometimes is really good and other times a little spotty so and he's also injured now so that's not going to help him but tracy walker man i want to see a lot more plays from you i thought we'd get a lot more turnovers i thought you'd really be a physical force as well as a leader in the locker room and gosh i just haven't seen much of any of that unfortunately jelani tavai 82 out of 85. Like I said, let's get him off the football team. Let's just let's just admit that was horrible and and see him go away because he cannot play at this level. He doesn't have the quicks. He doesn't have the tackling. He doesn't have the ability. And as much as I tried to justify that pick, I learned quickly that it's not going to happen for Jelani Tavai. He's going to be a low-level linebacker at best, and I don't even see that most weeks from this guy. Um, Curse, the safety, this one surprised me a little bit too, 83 out of 88. I thought Curse was bringing some nasty, some decent plays to our football team, but at 83 to 88, you might as well just play Will Harris at that point or play, um, you know, the main two guys because that's a, that's a pretty poor rating. It seems like he's bringing not too much to the football team. So, you know, th- there's your PFF update. I know a lot of you guys love those stats and analytics. I think it does tell a lot about these players, you know, and come out and say, oh, this guy looked good or I, I saw this, I like this. When you get down to the ratings, that really talks about where they're at um, throughout the whole season, and um, it's, it takes all their plays into consideration. You know, we're not sitting here just killing somebody for a couple missed tackles or a couple bad throws. I mean, 
there it is. There's your there's your rating. There's your grade right there based on every play of every game that you've suited up this year. All right, everybody. Let's let's finish this show strong. Let's get to that Detroit Kool-Aid. Drink it in, man. Let's serve it up. Let's tell you guys why you got to be excited. So let's look at this. The Lions are three and five right now. A couple weeks ago, they were three and three. If they would have came out and got one or both of the last two football games, you're sitting right there at 500 halfway through the season. Now, that's nothing to hang your hat on. That's nothing to be excited about. But what I'm saying is if you were 500 um, at that point in the season and you got eight games left, you'd have a good chance to finish in that seven, nine-ish range, which is always what the playoffs come down to. Now, the Lions put themselves behind the eight ball, losing those two games and losing them in bad fashion. But they got a bad Washington team coming in here. They've got a ho-hum, maybe decent Carolina team. And then they got Houston coming in on Thanksgiving. So let's go ahead and serve up that Detroit Kool-Aid. Let's let's pour it out once again. Drink it in, man. And let's say that the next couple games, they rip off three W's. Let's say they get these three W's. That put them at six and five down the home stretch. The home stretch, we got Chicago, we got Green Bay. We got Tennessee, Tampa Bay, and the Minnesota Vikings. So you you put yourself at six and five, and then you come out and you get two, three of those last couple games. Like I say you're right there at eight, nine wins. I mean, that's nothing to be great about, but that would still be a decent NFL season for most teams. And I know Lions fan often thinks that we should just win every game that we show up to. That's not how it happens. So even me saying they're going to win the next three is a little bit Detroit Kool-Aid quality. I mean, a little bit of that cornbread. Cornbread! But I think it can happen. I really do. So put yourself in a really good spot if you do that. And again, eight games left. As frustrated as we are as a fan base, as much as we think we've dropped three to four games this year in an embarrassing fashion, we get eight games left, half the season. So rally around that and 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 know that they can flip this record still. And they need to do it quick. So next thing to be excited about, DeAndre Swift. I like to call him D-Swizzle nowadays when I'm watching him. You know why? Because when he gets the ball, he's so silky. He This guy has crazy confidence for a rookie. He catches it. He can, he can run fast. He can move in. He can cut. He can catch the football. Like every time they show a close up of him, I forget. He's got like, uh, he's got the crazy lower half too, man. He's got some, some thickness in his legs. He's, he's no like little wimpy scat back. I mean, I love what I see from DeAndre Swift. I just am frustrated. He hasn't got the ball enough. So, hey, Daryl Bevel. Hey, Matt Patricia. If you want to run the football, great. Let's run it with D Swizzle. Here's a thought. Maybe actually use him for once in the passing game because we haven't seen that in a while. He has had a couple bad drops. There's no doubt about it. But this guy's a dynamic pass catcher. He should be out there for two-thirds or more of the carries and catches, and he's just not out there enough. Next thing to get excited about. Drink it in, T.J. Hawkinson. Now, he's got a toe injury that may keep him out. That would be a really bad blow for him and for the Lions. But I see TJ Hawkinson as a guy that we can build on when it comes to building an offense. I mean, I think he's just going to kind of find his groove and be in that top eight type tight ends in the game here and for the next four or five years, however long he's in a Detroit Lions uniform. 
And that's a big help to an offense when you have that type of pass catching tight end that people have to deal with every week. If you can put some receivers around them and have swizzle there in the backfield, leading your backfield, that'd be big. So I like that. Next thing to get excited about, Kenny Galladay. I mean, if we can get this guy back on the football field, I, I feel like he's probably going to miss this Washington game, but I'd kind of expect him back for that Carolina game. And if he can come back and play really good football, we're still in that weird area where some people want to pay him, some don't. I didn't want to pay him. Then I was like, man, he keeps balling out. Let's pay him. And now he's hurt again and kind of being a you know, a little bit of a issue off the field with some of his posts or some of his things he's doing. So, you know, I don't know where the organization sits on Kenny, but I feel like he's a humble guy. He's a hard worker. He's a, um, makes a lot of plays, even though people will say he doesn't get separation. He's not that speed demon. We know all that, but every time he plays, he seems to get a hundred and touchdown for the most part. So, I mean, Kenny Galladay, something to get excited about, about him coming back and him playing. For all you out there that are just ready for them to lose all these games so you can get a new coach, new GM, maybe even a new quarterback, I mean, I'm here to tell you, like, you know, all three of those things are, are, are Kool-Aid quality. Drink it in, man. I mean, you can drink in all that because anytime you get a new coach, new GM, or new QB, yeah, you get excited. That That's hope. That's a new, fresh start. That's something to be excited about, but... That also means a lot of losses and a lot of time going to be taken to sort of redo the roster. So you can root for that if you want. And if it did happen, if they sproomed the coach out in the GM and, and even moved on from Matt Stafford or traded him or whatever it may be, all that would be exciting. All that would be something to get, get hype about. But for now, I feel like you just got to hope this team can continue to find ways to win, play solid football, and make us more proud than they did in that Minnesota game where I just lost my mind. Um, let's see this Washington game to me coming up on Sunday. I mean, I feel like you guys got to get hype about this Washington. They don't have a lot of weapons. I mean, you're, you're looking around. I mean, I'm a little worried for Alex Smith because I think he's either going to slice us up and dink and dime all day and then kill us. Or he's going to, um, going to be hard to watch him playing quarterback just based on his injuries and whatnot. But Hey, he's out there, man. You know, the lions are going to have to attack him regardless of his story or his injuries. You don't have many people in the backfield. You know, you have J.D. McKissick, um, you know, a couple other backs. You know, Bryce Love, I think, is still out. The guy never plays with a knee injury. And then you got Antonio Gibson, who, gosh, he's a he's a dynamic player. We'll have to watch out for him. But still not a, a top-to-flight guy like Dalvin Cook or, uh, you know, Aaron Jones, some of these guys that have killed us this year. So not too much in the backfield. Now Terry McLaurin's a real beast you got to watch out for. He's got track speed. He can just run by you and score a deep touchdown at the blink of an eye. So the Lions will have to be cognizant of that, no doubt about it. And, you know, other than that, they don't have big tight ends. They they don't have a bunch of supplementary receivers that are that great. So for me, it's just, hey, um, go out and take a, a poorly um, – you know, team, a team that's doesn't have a good record again and do what you've done to Jacksonville and Atlanta and, you know, just go out and beat them, you know, just go out and, and use your weapons to hope that you're healthy enough to, to play decent on both sides of the football and just go out and win this game. I, I, I feel like I'm broken record saying this, but I've called Matt Stafford out most multiple times on the show. Matt Stafford, go go out there. You, you had your whole week of practice. You're back at home, whatever your half excuses were last week. Go, go out there in Ford Field, uh, an absolute just sterile environment. Just wing the ball all around the field. Tell, 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 
tell Daryl Bevel you want to throw the football more instead of run it, you know, right in the middle of the defense 10, 15, 20 times a game. Throw that thing around. Use Marv more. Get the ball to your boy Danny. If Hawk's out there, you know, throw him a couple seam balls instead of these little out routes he like to throw. Or you don't use them until you get down inside the 10. Wing that football around and show me something. Show me 300 and, and three touchdowns at a minimum. You know, put up an even bigger game than that and get everybody real fired up. How about that? So I, I feel like the Lions, I think I said this on my Believe podcast with Benny Blades, is I feel like this is like a 31-21, 10-point win for the Lions. I feel like they're a better team than Washington, even though most people think the Lions are horrible right now. I feel like they don't have Washington doesn't have enough uh, quality skill players to put the fear in us. We just have to tackle and, and play, um, you know, a bit tighter on defense, and then let our offense do what they do, which is go out there and, and wing it around and put some points on the board and find a way to to score more than the opponent. So I got a 10 point win for the Lions. I'm really excited about this game, and and the reason I'm excited is if they could get a 10-point win, play well, and actually score 30-some points on offense, I feel like that would be a real springboard kind of momentum, which this team really needs heading into that Carolina and Houston game, where you could go on that three-game stretch I talked about. Like, getting yourself to 6-5 and would be tremendous. Everybody get back on board, be exciting to watch. I mean, Detroit Kool-Aid be flowing everywhere. You know it would. Drink it in, man. So everybody, that's why you got to get hype. This team's got ball players still. Hopefully they'll get a little bit healthy over the next couple weeks. And hopefully they just go on there this Sunday and take care of business against an inferior football team that they should beat. So let's go ahead and do that. Let's go ahead and put a W in the column. Let's not worry about firing everybody and laughing at the Lions. Let's go get a W this Sunday. Let's watch our team play solid, play good football, deal with a couple of the issues that you know are going to come up in every game. And walk away with a nice, you know, 10, 7. I'll tell you, even take a three-point dub. Just just get the win. Just find a way to get the win. So, everybody, thank you so much. Sorry I delayed it. I just needed a break. I needed a break from the Lions' horrible play. I needed a break from Grifka. I needed a break from the negativity and all the people out there that are just piling on. As well as, you know, I was just real frustrated, as you could tell, on the front part of the show. But I think they can get it back together. I think they can sort of put a couple wins together and get people excited. And then we'll see what happens with coach, GM, everybody at the end of the season. But we're right in the middle of the NFL season. Let's try to get some wins. Let's try to get excited about our team. Let's try to root on our team. Let's try to not be so negative. Let's try to sit there and drink the Detroit Kool-Aid and be like, hey, we can come in this week. We can beat Carolina. We could take Houston on Thanksgiving. And then we'll take our chances against Green Bay, Tampa Bay, um, Minnesota, Tent, all those teams that are on paper are better. But NFL, it's any given Sunday. So, everybody, thanks so much for listening. Take care. We'll be back next week with some exciting shows here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, as well as be sure to check out my Believe, B-L-E-A-V, and Lions podcast with Benny Blades. Everybody drinking in, take care. I'm out. Back to back, start the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.